What's up, horror fans? Welcome back to Horror Struck, a horror commentary podcast where we look at the genre through the lens of a diehard fan and of a scaredy cat. I am Riley Ott. I am joined by my co-host and best friend, Cecilia Talbert. This week, we took a look at the Blair Witch Project, directed by Daniel Myrick and Eduardo Sanchez. Spoilers for 1999's The Blair Witch Project. There will be many spoilers. Well, hello, Riley. How are you? That was weird. Hi, Riley. How are you? Hi, what's up? What's going on? Hello. That was so formal. Hello, Cecilia. How are you? I'm good. What's new? What's up? What's what's shaking? What's going on? Nothing. I went to the Halloween store today. We just talked about that. I sent you a picture of my Michael Myers mask. It hurt my face. How are you? What have you been up to? I'm great. Riley got a new costume for their dog, and I think Riley needs to post it on the Instagram because it's now my new favorite picture. It's great. He looks really good, and he loves his costume. That first picture is just so funny, though, because I can't tell if he is loving it. Every time I put a Halloween costume on him, he immediately just lays down. It, like, completely paralyzes him. I don't think anything is happening with me. I've worked... Have you watched anything recently that you would like to talk about? I did watch something that you had recommended that I finally got around to. Tell me. Michael and I finally watched Little Monsters. Did you like it? I thought it was so cute. It was so funny. I really liked it. It was like very how I think you and I's humor is. I don't know what it is, but kids saying bad words is just really funny. And they do it in such a like funny way. I read after I watched it that you know how they sing the Taylor Swift, the Shake It Off song with the kids? They didn't want to give them the rights to it. So Lupita Nyong'o called Taylor Swift and explained why they needed it for the movie. And she thought it was so cute that she was like, you know what? You have my blessing. Go ahead. Oh my God, that's wonderful. I love Taylor. I bet she's such a nice girl. I just started playing it. I was like, you want to watch this movie? And Michael's like, yeah, sure, whatever, whatever you want to watch. It takes a while to kind of get to the zombies because it is a zombie movie. We were to the point where they get to like the farm and I turned to Michael and I was like, do you know what this movie is even about? And he was like, nope, I, I've never even heard of this movie. And I was like, ooh, this will be fun. Was he scared? No, but he was surprised. Yeah, no, it just seems like this guy who's like trying to, I don't know, either get back with his ex or like get with this kindergarten teacher. The only problem I had with the movie, and I did like the movie overall, is I really didn't want, and I can't remember their names, but I didn't want the lead male character to end up with Lupita. I think it worked just because of how much he had developed as a character by the end. I think they were kind of cute. Yeah, it's great for now, but he still doesn't have a place to live. He doesn't have a job. No, I'm sure it'll turn back into the relationship he was getting out of at the beginning. Like, at some point, it's gonna fall apart. Wish it would have just been like, let's go on a date instead of like, we're kind of together. Well, they were together in quarantine. We'll see how long that lasts. You know how many people have gotten divorced recently? (laughs) Because they're trapped with their SO. Honestly, can't imagine. Have you watched anything? I did watch a movie on Netflix called Cam. Oh, I've seen Cam. I really liked it. I wish that they would have been a little bit more clear about what was going on towards the end, but I thought it was really good. It was really well made, and I like that in the horror movies that we have watched, they don't really want you to sympathize with promiscuous people, but they did a great job of making the main character be a sex worker and me just fucking loving her. She was great. I loved her as a main character. I rooted for her the whole time. I saw it when they put it up on Netflix, which I think was a while ago, but I remember really liking it. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I think it's a couple years old. 
let's get right into the Blair Witch Project. So overall, Riley, uh, general thoughts and feelings. It was all right. You said you hadn't seen this before, right? No, I have never seen it. I've seen the parody from The Office, but that's it. And I remember they made a remake or a sequel or something a couple of years ago, but I had no interest in it. I, I haven't seen it, but I know it's... It's supposed to be Heather's brother getting a crew together to go find her. But from the review I watched, I guess the last 10 minutes is really good. And besides that, the rest of it's kind of a rehash of the original movie. You know, that's kind of how I feel about this movie is the last 10 minutes is pretty good. While I was watching it, I was thinking, because I hadn't even realized they made one in 2016. I was like, this is something that could easily be like remade, but done better since video equipment is better. I think they should do it again, but remake it as like a spine tap type of documentary uh overall what are my thoughts you tell me i don't know i would say i'm pretty middle of the road about this i think it is something interesting to revisit because i do remember this movie scaring me when it came out because i think sarah bought it because we had it on vhs or rented it i can't remember now but big thing when this movie came out was that they were selling it as real found footage and so people thought it was real and i was definitely in that camp i guess i could see why 99 we must have been in what third grade we would have been eight years old i'm pretty sure like that's what my older sisters told me was that it was real because they're mean or because they thought that probably both this movie was the first movie that had like a really big viral campaign behind it did you read into any of it i read that not a viral thing but they did put up a bunch of like missing posters for heather but they ended up taking them down immediately because someone had gone missing recently and they just found it too insensitive to keep them up they did that at like sundance i think or one of the big festivals but yeah someone yeah like a producer yeah had actually been kidnapped and so they took them down god what terrible timing for a kidnapping yeah this film was one of the i feel like one of the few movies that actually achieved convincing people that it was real which is why I think it became such a phenomenon. On IMDb, they said that Heather's mom, that she was getting sympathy cards because people actually thought that her daughter had died or was missing. Wait, from people they knew? That's really bizarre. Well, I don't know if it was necessarily people that knew Heather's mom or it was just something where like maybe her mom's address was in the yellow pages. So like people who had gone and seen the movie were like, wow, this poor mom and just sent her a sympathy card. I forgot how easy it's always been to find out personal information. Phone books were a thing. That's insane. Yeah, I remember another big thing when this movie came out was that because so many people were seeing it, even though I think it is rated R. Oh, they say fuck hundreds of times. Yeah, it's got to be rated R. There were still a lot of like kids seeing it because other than the swearing, you don't really see anything. And so I remember it was a big thing at the time that people were like, oh, there's so many swear words in this movie. How many times can you count the F word? Oh, it's like that episode of South Park where they say fuck so many times they just have the like little counter in the bottom corner. This movie wasn't as scary as I remembered it being, but I I knew it wasn't going to be because one of the reasons that I was really afraid of it when I was young was because I thought it was real. Oh, you know what I also just remembered? What? I think one of the other reasons I was terrified was because my sisters told me that the place where this took place was in Ohio and I got like really freaked out by it because I don't think I was, I don't think I was paying that much attention to the beginning of the movie. Yeah, it's something like Mary. 
Maryland, isn't it? Or Maine or something. Yeah, I think it's Maryland. Oh, yeah, yeah. Burkittsville, Maryland. Wait, what did you mean by viral campaign? What what did they do? Oh, so like leading up to the movie, they won. They told all the actors that they weren't allowed to do interviews. They were supposed to keep hush until the movie had really like gotten its popularity so that people weren't just like, oh, this scary movie's coming out. Well, these actors are being interviewed on Good Morning America. Clearly the statement in the beginning isn't real. They also had a full-blown website where it was like clues and hints to like, hey, we have this movie coming out soon about all this town footage. They had like Heather's journal on there that you could go through. So people were pretty much going back and forth before the movie came out to try to find clues. Okay, I would really like to read Heather's journal. I feel like that would be more interesting than most of the movie. But they pretty much just built up all this buzz about it. And they were the first ones to really use the internet to have people kind of talking back and forth about it and convincing people that it was real. So when it came out, people, for the most part, thought it was real. I feel like that would have been a lot easier to do in 1999 because today if I saw this movie and people were saying it's real I'd immediately just get on Facebook look up Heather and go oh no she's right there she's fine exactly maybe that's why I wasn't as afraid of it too is because I realized that none of it is real because I can see why that would be scary for people, but otherwise nothing scary happens in the movie. And I've heard that this movie is a lot better if you're able to see it in a theater. Oh, I would have thrown up immediately if I had to watch it in a theater. The first five minutes gave me motion sickness. I had to look away. They're in the woods, like, the whole movie. So I think the idea is that when you're more immersed in a theater in the darkness, you kind of feel more isolated in the woods, which is why, if I had had the choice, I probably would have rewatched this in the theaters, because I feel like it would have been better experience. That's probably true. And I do like to go to the movies alone, which I think would have made it feel even crazier. Nowadays, found footage movies are so popular because they're easy and cheap to make. And I mean, we went through the whole paranormal phase and... Oh, are those movies found footage movies? Yeah, the paranormal activity movies are all like cameras and houses kind of vibe. I think the way that this movie was shot was interesting. I didn't have any idea how it was shot until I actually did research on it. Because most of this movie takes place with the three lead actors in the woods. Clearly, like, one of them was holding it. But I assume, like, the directors were just, like, standing behind the person who had the camera, like, kind of directing them. No, they gave them coordinates to where they needed to walk to the next day. And they were in contact through like walkie talkies, but the directors were like far off. So all the camera work was done by the actors. Oh, I hope they got credit for that. That's kind of interesting, actually. I would, first of all, be terrified. So it was just those three in the woods doing this this whole time? Yeah, from what I read, they didn't have to set up their tents or they didn't have to carry all their gear. The crew did it, but the crew would like take their stuff and they would like go off and then they would be like, this is the new point you have to get to the next day. And I think they would give them like bullet points for stuff they needed to do, but then they would just meet them at the end of the night and they had walkies of something happened, but... Did they have? a script at all or was this just hey guys go out in the woods with this camera pretend there's a witch do something they had a very loose script because i think they wanted most of it to be at least a dialogue to be improvised so i think it was generally like today we want you to shoot a bunch of scenes where you've lost the map they probably told the guy who played mike like hey when you film like the third scene where you're talking about the lost map i want you to reveal that you were the one who kicked it in the creek sort of thing They did a really good job making it feel natural, too, and, like, they were just people who had been friends or, like, were working on a project together. 
So they did a good job with what they were given. Yeah, and it was actually supposed to be three male film guys, but Heather did so well in her audition that they changed her character from male to female. I did like Heather. I feel like she would have been a very cool girl to hang out with. Don't seem like she's gone on to do much else, which seems like a shame because she seems like a really good actress, but I'm wondering if it was because it was really hard for her to get a role after this movie. That's what I read, is that there was a lot of backlash against her specifically after the movie had premiered. And I don't know why. Like, they never said it was real or they never said it was like a trick. What what did Heather do? Uh, she was a girl, that's why. Well, that's not fair. That's why Megan Fox hasn't been in any movies either. Shall we jump into the movie then? The good thing is that the plot is pretty light. Yeah, I was about to say, what could we even really talk about? The idea behind the movie is that there are three, and I think they're film students, but there's Heather who is in charge of the documentary, and then she has her friend Josh and a guy she's never met before named Mike helping her with this project. And the idea behind the documentary is that they want to explore an urban legend called the Blair Witch. They're going to document it. And let me just say that if this were real and no shenanigans had happened, this would be a very, very boring documentary. Yeah, I would like to see just the clips of what they had filmed for the documentary specifically strung together. Because it couldn't be more than like half an hour. So all the people that the crew like filmed to be like, oh, do you know anything about the Blair Witch? Uh, They were all plants. So going into the movie, all the actors believed that the Blair Witch was a real urban legend. But the directors had made it up and they had planted people in town with like knowledge of the urban legend to kind of talk to them about it. They were really good actors then because I, yeah, if I were talking to them, I would have believed that they were just regular townspeople too. Like the, the lady that was holding the baby and the two guys fishing, especially like just seemed like some weird townsfolk. Yeah, I think they did a really good job of making this movie feel, it feels real. If it were 1999 and I went to go see this, if I didn't know, I guess I would have thought the same thing. And do they have any like end card or anything that says it's not real? Um, I guess if you watch all the way to the end. So at the very end of the credits, I believe there is something where they say it's not real. I don't think they do because I fast forwarded through it to see and unless I missed it, I don't think there was anything. I honestly, when the credits started, I just pieced. I watched the first couple cards and then I sped to the end just to see if they said anything. You know what? At this point, I'm ready to believe it was real. All the actors have disappeared. No one has said otherwise. It's real. I think that these three characters are not very smart. I think that they were not prepared for this big camping trip. Like, yeah, they only thought it was going to be a couple days, but maybe it's just me personally that I am super paranoid and worried that I'm like, yeah, I know I only need food for two days, but I'm going to bring food for a week. I think they were dumb for staying in the woods as long as they did. I think they should have gone for the day, gone back to the car, and then come back the next day. Don't stay overnight in the haunted woods. At least their first spot, I think, was way too far because it looked like the first and the second spot, I think, were like fairly close together because I think they had to camp almost right after they hit their first spot. Also, even though I'm someone who has worked in the film, like the independent film community, the idea of working on a movie that is going to be you camping in the woods with someone you just met seems insane. I read that Heather brought a knife with her 
because she was afraid of sleeping in the tent with two guys that she didn't know. That seems insane to me. Anytime I've ever met someone that I'm going to like do a movie with, I usually meet them somewhere public because you don't really know the crazies. Also, I feel like they definitely should have vetted Mike a little better because he loses it real quick in the movie. They're there for like a day and he's already just agitated by everything. Heather doesn't know him at all. I wonder how well Josh even knew him. Yeah. So they do all the town stuff. They learn about the legend of the Blair Witch, which I really like the legend that they kind of made up around the Blair Witch. The legend is that there was a lady who lived in the woods. And in like, I think they said 1940, she killed like seven kids. And so over the course of them talking to a handful of different townspeople, you find out what year it happened. You find out that one of the ways that she killed them was that she would take two down to the basement and make one stand in the corner and then she would kill the other one. Well, it wasn't her that was doing it though. It was Rustin Parr. There was a serial killer killed a bunch of kids in the 1940s. And I think basically what the townsfolk thought happened was she possessed him because they talked to that nice old man at the beginning and he tells them about that. I thought he said that one of the kids had escaped and come back. And that's how they found it. Are you talking about Robin Weaver? They're in the late 1800s. Oh, that's what it was. She saw somebody She saw somebody in the woods that was like floating. Is that when they talked to the Mary Brown, the crazy lady? All she tells them about is her experience with seeing essentially like Bigfoot in the woods. Oh yeah, she's like, I saw this lady. She had fur like a horse. Okay. It just sounds like you came across the lady Bigfoot, so. Well, that's still pretty impressive. Also, I like that right after they interview this lady, because like Heather is just like kind of recording everything. She's just talking about, she's like, wow, that lady's crazy. She said she was a ballerina and that she works for the Department of Energy and that she's a historical author. She might be telling the truth. She looked really old. She probably had time to do all of those things. I liked her. Wow, good credible interview you're doing there. But then again, I guess they're doing a documentary about urban about this urban legend, so. I think what happened is they asked the older man if he knew about the Blair Witch, and he said, that's not real. It was this guy, Rustin Parr, that killed a bunch of kids. Oh, you're right. But people made it up into a scary story about a witch. Yeah, you're right. I think I was just getting confused. All the urban legends were just melding together in my brain. But I think that's really interesting because I think that's how a lot of urban legends start as something that's real and then it kind of gets twisted over time. Right, like it essentially is like the telephone game. Yeah, exactly. And it just gets to the last person and they have a completely different story than when it started. They do all their interviews. Then the next day, they start to go into the woods. Heather is the one who is like the navigator. So she's got the map. She's got a compass. She knows where she's going. And a big part of the movie is them questioning Heather. They don't think that she knows where she's going. And according to my sister, Sarah, reading a map the way she is reading it is actually very, very difficult, which is why I think Mike says later that it all looks like gibberish to him. Like he tries to read it and can't. I haven't looked at a physical map in ever. I've never looked at a physical map. Either MapQuest or GPS has always existed, so I don't know what they were doing. It's essentially something that you have to navigate with a compass, and apparently it's not easy. So I'm super impressed by Heather's ability to read the map. And also, I don't say I wouldn't have gotten into this mess. I mean, I would never be in the woods like that anyways. But I also am way too paranoid to be like, one map is fine. I'd be like, you know what? Let's each have a map. 
or let's have a backup just in case something happens, like it gets dirty and we can't read it. I'm just a very paranoid person. Well, you would have been really good in this movie. Yeah, but also I feel like if I had reached the point in the movie where they had lost the map, it wouldn't have even mattered because they were all marked at that point. Right, I don't think it would have mattered if they had the map or not. I think that once the witch or whatever knows you're there, you're stuck. It's like a loop. There's no getting out anyway. Oh, exactly, yeah. Like at one point they walk for hours and they end up in the exact same place. And they're like, I recognize that log. Well, I think because it was by the creek, they were like, oh, that's the big tree that was fallen over. We've definitely been here. So their first night, their goal is to find a place called Coffin Rock. And it also has a very twisted background where back in like the 1800s or something, a bunch of people in the woods, like trappers, I think, had come across these five bodies that had clearly been like sacrificed. And when they went to get people and came back, the bodies had like disappeared. So someone had moved the bodies. Yeah, the guys that they were talking about this story with said that the bodies were bound together and their guts were all torn out and there was like weird carvings of writing in their skin. It sounded really fucked up. So they do the whole coffin rock thing. They set up their tent. Everything is fine. The only kind of indication they get that something is kind of starting to happen is that they like wake up in the morning and Heather's like, do you guys hear anything in the middle of the night? I sleep like a rock. I didn't hear anything. And Mike's like, I didn't hear anything either. And Josh is like, oh, I think I heard someone cackling outside the tent. Yeah, I think that was a red flag that Josh is going to be the first one to die. Like everything bad that happens happens to Josh. Up until the very end, when Mike is the one who kind of leads the charge, like chasing after Josh, like Mike is a straight coward. So I feel like there is a chance that maybe he heard something, but he's way too afraid to say anything. I don't know. As a coward myself, I think if I heard cackling, I'd be like, hey guys, there's definitely a witch. We've got to go. I'm not doing this anymore. The next day is just them kind of going to the next spot. So yeah, it must have been a two-day camping with like the third day to walk back because the next day just consists of them finding Cemetery Trail, I think, and then them arguing because they don't think Heather knows where she's going. But she's like, no, I, I know where we're going. Do you think that's misogyny? Do you think if Heather were a man, they would have questioned her at all? Or would they have questioned her and then beat her up? I don't know what men do. It is partially because she's a woman. I think it is also partially the actors um, bickering. But I think the funniest thing from this day is that, so they keep arguing about if they're going the right way and Heather's like, yes, we're going the right way. And then she says, we'll all look back on this and laugh heartily. And I'm like, nope, no, I don't think you will. You know, if they would have survived, maybe. I don't know that they didn't survive. I can't see anything after the camera cut off. They're probably all fine. I mean, the actors did survive. This wasn't real. What do you mean? (laughs) What? 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 What movie did you watch? So the biggest thing that comes from this day is that they find the piles of rocks. Was that like where the little kids were buried that got murdered by the serial killer guy? I don't think it is because they also seem kind of confused by it. And I was trying to Google it because I was trying to figure out if this was actually a thing in witchcraft. It's not. It's just something that the filmmakers made up. It's a reference to Genesis. I wrote it down. This mound is a witness, and this pillar is a witness, that I will not go past this mound to harm you. You will not go past this mound and pillar to harm me. 
they even reference it. They're like, didn't Mary Brown say something about Genesis? And so I think the concept is that this is the witch's warning, saying that if, if you go past these piles of stones or you mess with them, all gloves are off. And that is what they do. I think they camp like right by them because they decide or Heather decides that they need to shoot them at night. And I'm pretty sure that I think Josh knocks one over. I don't know if they show it, but I think you hear it. Yeah, they say something about it. I think this is actually why they get marked. So I think if they had just stayed on their path and they had camped like close to them, but hadn't gone past them, hadn't touched them, I think they would have been fine. But I think because they messed with them and went past it, I think it was like all bets are off. I think the witch needs to be a little more clear about that. Not everyone has read the Bible and not everyone knows specifically that verse and what it would mean. I do think it was a very good idea for them to have Mary deliver that line, though, because she sounded crazy, so they were probably only half paying attention to her. Like, even when they said, what did Mary Brown say about this Bible verse, I was like, I don't know, I stopped listening. She was rambling about horse people. Yeah, I stopped listening to it. It wasn't until later when I, like, looked up the passage to see what it actually said that I was like, okay, I kind of get it. So you know how they also had their, like, fancy camera? Was that the one they were like, we have to return it by this time because I'm not supposed to have it? Yeah, the, like, black and white one? Yeah. Because I think it's an actual film camera. Josh didn't know how to use it, so they had to kind of teach him how to use it. So in the beginning, and I'd even notice this when they are first using it, especially on Mary Brown, it's super out of focus. And I was like, what is up with this? That's why. Ooh, that worked really well, too, because that made her look super creepy. Yeah, I didn't like looking at her interview. They could have told me that she was the Blair Witch. I would have been like, yeah, that makes sense. From their filming of The Rocks, you get just like a drastic cut to them clearly like being awoken in the middle of the night to just sounds. And so they kind of go outside and they're trying to figure it out. It sounded like rocks clanging together and they said it was coming from all around. So they fucked with the witch and the witch is fucking back with them. It's kind of rude to throw rocks at them. So they they can't figure it out. And then they cut to the next day and they're kind of all just talking about it. But they're kind of all blowing it off a little bit. They think, you know, we're in the middle of the woods. Maybe it's an animal walking around or who knows. Yeah, there's really not a whole lot to be alarmed about yet. Like just hearing some noise in the woods isn't enough to trigger anything. Yeah, it's the beginning of something. But yeah, you're right. It's not drastic enough where you would be concerned. If I ever went camping... This would scare me a lot more, but I have no desire to ever go out into the woods in just a tent. That sounds awful. The next day is the day that they are supposed to get back to the car. So the plan is that they're going to take a different way back because it's more direct than going all the way around to try to get back to the car. And this, I think, is also one of the main reasons why they get lost, because they're going a different path. So they're not going back around the same way. Which, I mean, it makes sense because if you've got three points, you want to go the shortest distance. But Heather's the only one who can read the map. It pissed me off when Heather's trying to explain this to these guys. She's like, okay, we had to go to this point and this point, and now we have to get back to the car. It's a triangle. So we just have to take the shortest path. They're like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, she is literally drawing it out for you. She really is, and they just aren't listening. They just don't trust Heather. Why trust a woman with directions? I'm wondering if it is because of the notes they were given. Because I guess how they would do it is they would film during the day, and then they would have a spot that they would put, like, every 
everything they had filmed in so that the directors could take it and watch it to know what they already had. So they kind of knew where to direct them from there. And I guess one of the big issues of the movie was the bickering that was happening between Heather and Josh. Mike was supposed to be the one that got taken and they changed it because of how bad the bickering got. Oh wait, they literally changed who got cut out of the movie so that the actors could get away from each other? Yes. That's hilarious. I would not have thought that either because it comes across as Heather and Mike butting heads most during the movie. Like it seems like Heather and Josh are good friends. There's a change, right? They're all kind of antagonistic towards each other. And then Michael completely loses it with everything around the map. And then at one point it turns and he becomes normal again. And I think that's why there's that character change is because they had to change everything around. Because I guess like the directors, it was the only time the directors had to physically step in during filming. From what I read is that they were close enough that they could kind of see what was happening, but far away enough that the actors couldn't see them. And they had to literally stop the filming and separate these two actors. Heather and Josh do have a confrontation at some point. And I think Josh, like tries to knock the camera out of her hands or something. And it made me feel kind of attacked because he was getting very physical. And we can talk about it more kind of when we get to the shift. So they're arguing about the map, trying to get back to the car. Just discovered that they weren't able to make it all the way back. So they have to camp another night. Mike's upset because he has to be at work the next day and they need to return the rental. And personally, I was like, I can relate to that feeling because that would stress me out. I can relate to that. But also, that's so funny that that just seems so trivial to me, knowing what the outcome of this movie was going to be. It's like, you're never going to have to go to work again, sir. You will be fine. Yeah, and so they're woken up again that night. The sounds are closer, and instead of sounding like rocks or twigs, now the sounds sound like, I think they said that they sound like footsteps. And they also note that it's 3 a.m. in the morning, which is the witching hour. Says who? What does that mean? What's the witching hour? They say it's at 3 a.m. is when all the ghoulies come out and stuff. The number three is supposed to be like a good number because of stuff like the Holy Trinity and stuff. But it's said that demons will use that number to mock it. So three can also be a very evil number. Now I have to be afraid of numbers? Does it really matter when you have to do daylight savings? Like, does a demon know about daylight savings? Yes, probably. I don't know. Sorry, I didn't mean to break the witching hour to you. (laughs) Well, now if I wake up and it's three in the morning, I'm going to be really upset. Oh man, we haven't even started watching any horror movies where like that kind of stuff happens. I've seen the Amneville Horror, wasn't it? 317 is a bad time. I don't know why. I wasn't paying attention. It was the Ryan Reynolds one. It wasn't very good. They were waking up specifically at that time because that was the time the murders happened. Oh, that makes more sense. They hear more noises. So essentially the haunting going ons are starting to increase. And they also wake up to find that there are three stone piles encircling their tent. The number three is evil. Wait, that's because there's three of them, isn't it? That would make sense to me, though, because I thought the rocks were like the graves for the little kids that got murdered. So there's three graves for you. So yeah, maybe. They also yell at Heather, I think, in this scene because she's filming everything. And they're like, come on, Heather, we just want to go. Like, this is starting to freak us out. (laughs) 
she keeps having all these quotes that in hindsight are kind of funny. Like she says, I can't believe we have to leave when shit's happening. Good thing you can't leave at all, Heather. Your wish came true. So this is when the big fight happens about the map because they don't know who has it. So the map has gone missing. Josh thinks Heather has it. Heather thinks Josh has it. Mike knows where it is isn't saying shit until you find out in the next scene because he starts just fucking losing it like he's lost his mind and then he says i kicked that fucking map into the stream jesus christ he's like we weren't getting anywhere well now you're definitely not getting anywhere do you ever notice how people named mike specifically mike not michael are just always trash yeah This is why Michael doesn't like anyone to call him Mike. He gets very mad by it. I would never. It offends me when your parents call him Mike. What what else happens? So they fight about the map. Mike reveals that he's the reason it's gone. Fuck you, Mike. And then they also fight about the the compass. And I love that Heather is like, well, I bought the compass, so I'm going to keep the compass? If you have a map, what's the point? Maybe if she knew that, like, we park the car at this direction or, like, facing this direction, we can at least do that. But their solution is we're just going to follow the creek. But, I mean, following the creek is not a bad idea. They decide to go south. And then they come upon, like, the log again. And that's when they decide to follow the stream because they think, well, at least we know for sure we're going one direction if we're following the creek. And then when that doesn't work, they decide to go east. Instead of just, like, people know you're missing. Maybe you should just stay in one spot. But they're also being chased by an evil witch, so. Well, they don't know that. They just think that, like, something weird is going on. So after this, I feel like there are probably two super iconic scenes in this movie and this is one of them when they find like the stick figures hanging from the trees it was pretty creepy but the way it was shot it could have been a lot creepier like i i couldn't tell what was happening for half of it because it just looked like tree branches and i was like oh it's those weird like stick figure hangman things for being a film student uh they aren't very good with their cameras they need to work on that Mike's like freaking out again during that scene. Mike at this point has lost it. And I think the other two are on the way, but they haven't quite been pushed over the edge. Not yet. Yeah, surprisingly. So they decide this night they aren't going to have a fire. They think that maybe the fire what was attracting whatever it was making the noises to them. And boy, does that not change at all what happens. No, this it's getting way worse at this point. They're woken up in the middle of the night to the whole tent being shaken and you hear children laughing and they all get up out of the tent and they fucking book it, which I would have done the same thing. But where are they going? They're just going away. Right. They just start running aimlessly deeper into the woods. But at least they're all together. I will give them points for that because splitting up in a horror movie is a bad idea. Yeah, there are a couple interesting things about this scene. Behind the scenes, I don't know if you read anything about it, but one, these actors did not know this scene was going to happen. They did not know that the crew was going to run up and start shaking the fuck out of their tent. So it was actually real panic. Oh, I wonder if they were actually asleep before all of this. I feel like if they were asleep, they might not have turned the camera on. So my guess is maybe they already had the camera going and the directors knew it. So they were like, go fucking shake that tent while the camera on 
I guess they signed something that pretty much said they knew that shenanigans might happen, so they were okay with it. They just didn't know what the shenanigans were going to be. Ooh, is that normal to have to sign a waiver before doing a movie? Well, I think it was that they could surprise them. I don't think it was anything like, we can hurt you. Okay. So they knew that something was going to happen, but they didn't know what. It just reminds me of those haunted houses they have to sign the waiver for. It's like, they can touch you and we might throw you out of seven-story building or something. Even as someone who's worked in a haunted house... I don't want to go into a place where anyone can touch me. Touches happen by mistake. You get too close to a person and they turn into you or something. That's fine. That happens. But like where they could purposefully like grab your ankles and stuff. No, fuck that. No, 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 no. That's very creepy. Don't like that. Oh, the other interesting thing about this scene was that this scene of them like getting out of the tent and running through the woods was misfilmed and you were actually supposed to see the Blair Witch in this scene, but I don't know who had the camera. I think it was either Mike or Josh. They didn't pan the camera like they were supposed to, and so they didn't see them. (laughs) I did read that. Well, I understand how, because it seemed like they were mostly focused on, fuck this, let's just book it as fast as we can. They're like, I don't care about the movie anymore. I just want to get away from this. Run, 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 run. But it also kind of pissed me off because I want to be scared. And I think seeing the witch would have scared me. And now that didn't happen. Just something in frame for a second, I think would be terrifying. If it was anyone other than the three actors and you panned over and it was blurry as fuck, wouldn't even have mattered. It would have scared the shit out of me. Been like, oh no, they're right. There's a witch or something. This is 10 times more scary now. I think this is how this film kind of suffers in the fact that what they said is the main thing they were trying to find in their actors were actors who were good at improv. This movie was super low budget. They made it with like $60,000. So they probably just didn't have enough money, but if they had just taken more time to really properly train their actors on their cameras, because you can definitely tell that the actors, they're doing their best. They don't do a terrible job, but they're not camera people. No, I think they did a great job with the improv, but it really would have benefited if they had known any of the technical stuff. Maybe they just couldn't find it if they had found one actor who was good at improv, but also had a camera background. Well, at least just teach like Heather a little bit more than the others since she the one consistently filming to the point where the boys are getting mad at her for not turning the camera off. Yeah. Like, it would make sense if everything she shot was a little better quality than what they were doing. Yeah, I think this movie suffers from the fact that none of these actors are trained camera operators. When we do our Blair Witch remake, we'll fix all of this. It's fine. I do like that they don't go back for the tent until it's light out. I mean, that tracks. I'd probably do the same because they left all their stuff behind. I don't even know if they have shoes on. And when they get back, they discovered that Josh's stuff has been all sorts of fucked with. I have some theories about Josh. Did you want to talk about it now or do you want to wait? Let's talk about it at the end. Josh's stuff is messed with. It's covered in KY jelly. She's just a really horny witch. I think Heather is definitely like starting to lose it, but Josh is completely, because his is the only stuff that's messed with. He completely loses it. He's a complete asshole from this point on. It makes me very sad because Heather has been at least trying to stay sane and rational so that they're all not panicking. And he gets in her face and he's like, tell them why you're always recording. And she's basically crying and just saying, because it's not quite reality. I'm like, this is very sad. Heather seems like a very sad girl. Leave her alone. It's pretty messed up at this point. Everyone's kind of lost it. At one point, they're walking through the woods and the boys are just like, I think they're singing the Star Spangled 
banner. It's pretty upsettingly funny. And then that is when they realize they've been going in circles. And this is when Heather just loses it because at this point they are really, really lost. And I think they all think that they're not going to get out of the woods because they're walking in circles. I would have lost it well before this. Being lost is one of the most frustrating feelings. So they were honestly handling it relatively well. So I think this is definitely the point where the directors have decided to, I mean, I guess with Josh's stuff being messed with, but I think the night before is when they decided we need to switch this up. Josh has got to go because he and Heather are becoming way too toxic. And I guess they were becoming so toxic that it was feeding Mike, which is why Mike is so mean to her in the beginning, because I guess they cut out a ton of his bickering because he was also being really mean to her. And they were like, Heather is getting it way too much. We need to cut it back. Maybe this is why. Why Heather hasn't acted anymore. So like the last time I was in a movie, these guys were really fucking mean to me. I think they decided the night before they're like, they were like, hey, Josh, you're going to be the one who actually disappears. Mike is going to stay. And so Mike's character, as soon as the other two break down, his character does like a 180 and he's like trying to calm everybody down. He's telling Josh to kind of back off, like let Heather be. He even suggests like, you know what? Let's camp here tonight. I'll take first watch, which they don't do, but it's a good idea. Well, and I think especially after Josh does go missing, Heather has already begun to like kind of lost it. And I think Mike at that point is like, I need to be the rational one since Heather has been this whole time so that one of us can get us out of this mess. Also, we find out at this moment, Josh says an offhanded remark about Heather taking a trinket. So I think she took one of those stick figures with her. Yeah, I thought that she like, did she cut it down? Did they show it and I missed it? I don't know, but for some reason, that's what I thought. So they must have either talked about it a little more in depth or they showed it because I thought that's what she took as well. That must be it. Wow, what a fucking dumb idea to do. Oh, God. And then they ask Heather again why she's always filming and she's like, it's all I have left. I feel so bad for poor Heather. I mean, you do get at least a nice little moment before Josh disappears where they're all in the tent and I think Heather's like sewing up a bag or something and they're all kind of like joking around with each other and I think they're all talking about food they want. Like, I think Josh is like, I really want my mom's mashed potatoes. Oh yeah, he's like, I want a whole pumpkin pie. I want a cheeseburger. I'm like, damn, me too. I should go get a cheeseburger and turn this movie off. Night is over. It's the morning. Josh is gone. Well, parts of Josh are still there. They don't get that until later. The bundle isn't there yet. They're trying to find Josh. They're screaming for him. They can't find him. And then, I don't know why, but this really just broke my heart. They're trying to decide what to do. And they're trying to decide what direction to go. And Mike is like, well, in Wizard of Oz, who was worse? The Wicked Witch of the East or the West? And Heather's like, the West. And so Mike's like, let's go East. And I'm like, oh my God, this is just heartbreaking. Good enough logic for me. They leave without Josh. They walk for the rest of the day. They set up camp again because they still haven't found anything. You get another cute scene between Mike and Heather. Because at this point, how the Josh is gone. There's no more bickering. They're just trying to keep each other alive and they're talking about food. Oh, there was a line. I think it was before they decided which direction they were going that just made me laugh a lot. I think it was Mike that said it. They're trying to figure out how to find Josh and he goes, we can't even find the car. How are we going to find Josh? (laughs) Um, It, It got me. You're speaking truths here. 
They camp for the night without Josh and shenanigans happen that night. But this time they hear Josh in the distance like screaming in agony. Yeah, that part did get me. Most of the time, if I am very afraid of a movie, it is visual and audio things specifically. Like I have not seen Hereditary, but I refuse to watch it because I have heard clips from it. And just the scene of Tony Collette screaming when she finds her daughter, I'm terrified of. It's one of the most upsetting sounds that I have ever heard. It gives me chills. Oh yeah, that's that's pretty upsetting. I love that movie. It's so good. We're not watching it. I like that Hereditary is where you draw the line and not like The Exorcist. But I honestly think Hereditary is scarier than The Exorcist. I'll watch The Exorcist. They're smart enough, at least this night, to not go towards the noise of Josh screaming in agony. They know something is wrong. And so they stay at the tent. And then the next morning is when Heather finds the lovely, lovely treat that the Blair Witch has left for her. Why? Why? To be scary. I don't think I realized what it was because of the camera work. I was like, oh, it's just a stick with blood on it and then realized no it's like hair and teeth and blood and shit i made this little craft out of josh's body parts was it michael myers oh maybe maybe there's like a josh jack-o'-lantern head up in the witch's house but i don't think she tells mike she finds it it's right in front of their tent which is terrifying it's tied up in the shirt that josh like a strip of the shirt that josh was wearing and so she kind of throws it off to the side and when mike like goes off to go to the bathroom or something she goes and unties it and she's got blood all over her hands and she's trying to wash it off in the stream and mike comes back he's like are you okay and she's like yeah i'm fine i'm fine i'm fine and she doesn't tell him about it i understand you don't want him to freak out but that is that is important knowledge that he should be aware of i think because he's been so cowardice this entire time she's like i'm fine i'm just washing my hands she doesn't want him to panic too because you can hear in her voice how freaked out she is i mean i would also be so yeah no i i would be a mess this movie it didn't scare me for the most part but that scene did creep me out a lot the thought is that not only is your friend missing but whoever took your friend literally walked right up to your tent and laid it at the foot of it and then walked away like that is terrifying that's not the part that scares me it's the part that someone did that to josh like there are literally just chunks of his hair and teeth in there like well if she gets me what's she gonna do to me I think the thing about it that scares me is that clearly this witch person entity that is stalking them is just playing with them at this point. And that's what's terrifying. They're like, I left you a present. I could have come in and slit your throat, but I didn't. Do you think the witch and Michael Myers are boyfriend girlfriend? Oh my gosh, yes. Like in middle school? (laughs) Like they give each other cute, like crafty things like that as anniversary gifts? Oh, this is what I want. I want Michael Myers versus the Blair Witch. You want them against each other? No, I want him to go on a date. They find the bits, or at least Heather finds the bits of Josh, and then they pack up and head onward, um, her and Mike. And you get a couple scenes where it seems normal, because there's a scene where Mike is trying to eat a leaf, and then there's a scene where they're walking and Mike is complaining about sports, which I thought was pretty funny. He's trying to eat a leaf? Like Littlefoot? Because they're completely out of food at this point. You know, they haven't eaten in days because they weren't prepared. When you saw The Land Before Time for the first time, did you want to chomp? into a leaf just like Littlefoot he made leaves look delicious yeah like I want a tree star I relate to Mike (laughs) about to go outside and just chomp on one 
after this, it's nighttime, and you get the second most iconic scene of this movie. This made me so sad. Heather, her just apologizing into a camera because I think she has kind of accepted that there's a good chance they're going to die in the woods, which is really sad. So she's kind of leaving this journal video diary so that if anybody finds it, they can show it to all their parents about how sorry she is. It's very sad. She says, hi, Mike and Josh's moms. I'm so sorry. It's like, Heather, you're going to make me cry. She thought it was all her fault. Apparently it was not supposed to be uh, that close to her face. She accidentally hit the zoom button, but the directors liked it so much, so they kept it. I would have liked it a little more if we weren't directly inside Heather's nose. Well, I think that's what they liked about it, because it looked so, like, gritty and gross, and they're like, yeah, this works. It looks real. I don't want to see Heather's nose hairs. No offense, Heather, you're a pretty nice girl, but that kind of grossed me out. Yeah, and then you kind of get the ending of the movie, which is they hear Josh screaming again. Oh, wait, can we talk about, since it is such an iconic scene, I understand why. It had some really good quotes. Like, she said the line about her being hungry, cold, and haunted. Hunted. And I really liked that. And then she said, I'm scared to close my eyes. I'm scared to open them. I'm gonna die out here. I was like, Heather, you, your acting has gotten really good throughout this movie. I don't think this movie would have done so well if they hadn't found such believable actors. No, I wish the girl who played Heather had gone farther. I really like her in this movie. Yeah, that whole speech, I'm wondering if they wrote any of that out for her or if that was all improv. If that was all improv, I'm really impressed. Yeah, it's really good. And it definitely kind of builds up the tension to the last scene of the movie. They wake up in the night, they hear Josh shouting for help, and this time, Mike decides, that's probably him, let's go get him. And so, he starts running off into the woods to find Josh, Heather follows him, they come upon the creepy abandoned house. It's Rustin Parr's house, the serial killer man, it's his cabin! Don't go in there. I guess for this scene, they told Mike what to do and kind of like what was going to happen, but they didn't tell Heather. Oh, fuck. Mike is running throughout the house and Heather is trying to catch up to him and they were doing that on purpose. They said, keep Heather as far away from you as you can. It is a pretty terrifying scene because you know they're going to find something. They eventually end up in the basement cuts to Heather, who starts to go down to the basement, and when she finally gets down there, Mike is standing in the corner, and then something clearly comes up behind her and attacks her, and her camera falls to the ground, and then it ends. Did we talk about how the serial killer guy, when he killed the kids, he made the one that wasn't being killed, made him stand in the corner and stare at the wall so that he didn't see the other little kid get murdered? I can't remember, but yeah, that's a big point of, it's kind of like a nice little callback so that it's not just like, why the fuck is he standing in the corner? I mean, regardless, if they didn't talk about that, it's very creepy the way that he has just been like bolting through the house and now he's just completely still kind of hunched over staring at the wall yeah well i guess um that scene with the guy who was explaining it in town they went back and shot that because they realized that audience members were confused by the end and so they're like i know in their interviews will say that this guy made the kid stand in the corner so it makes more sense for josh to stand in the corner because i guess they shot a bunch of different endings so the first one they shot was that and audiences were fucking confused. And so they also shot an ending where I think there was an ending where Mike was like hanging like from a noose 
I don't know if these are online. I forgot to look them up. I guess there's an ending where Mike is like almost like nailed to one of those big stick figure guys. I'm glad they went with this ending because the other two sound fucking awful. I think the studio gave them money to shoot some different endings because audience members at first when they saw the film were confused about the ending. And so they just wanted to do that extra scene with someone in the town explaining someone standing in the corner and the studio let them just keep it. I like the end of it, but it probably is because I had that story in my head already. So I could kind of connect it to what he said in the interview. Yeah, full circle. The last 10 minutes of this movie though are the best part. They're pretty scary. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I don't think it's anything that I was like, oh my god. I was like, okay, this is what I want to feel. I want to feel the tension. Yeah, they did a good job with it at the end. I still wasn't scared, though. Yeah, so that was the Blair Witch Project. Let's just jump right into our ratings. Uh, One to ten. How horror-struck did this movie make you? Uh, I'm giving it one point just for that creepy teeth, hair, blood bundle that creeped me out. That's it. Nothing else scared me. Like, the end was good, but it wasn't scary. I would probably rate it the same. I would probably rate it a one, maybe a two. As someone who's only camped once in the woods, but the thought of, like, that actually happening to you in the woods is terrifying. I think if I went camping, I'd put it a lot higher, but I know that this is a situation that I'm never going to put myself in. The movie itself, I would give it probably a one. It really freaked me out as a kid because I thought it was real. So being someone going into it and thinking it's real, whether or not you think there's something supernatural happening or if there's like some crazy hills have eyes, hillbillies stalking them in the woods. But either way, if you thought this footage was actually real, I can see how this would be very, very terrifying. Is the hills have eyes not real? I thought that was just West Virginia. (laughs) West Virginia. What rating would you give it overall as a film? I wouldn't say it was bad, but I wouldn't say it was great. Maybe like a three and a half, maybe. It's just hard for me to rate it because I do really respect kind of what it did. And I really like the concept behind it, especially like the last like 10 minutes of it. But I think they could have caught a lot of the arguing over maps happening. And I kind of wished a little more had happened. Even if the actors didn't realize things were happening, if you could maybe see something off in the distance happening, although these actors weren't very good with the camera so i'm sure they would have missed it yeah i'm just gonna give it a three i'm gonna two out of five did you want to talk about just in general like what you think happened the movie is so vague and open and you can basically like decide what happened yourself what do you think was going on i think from the movie itself i definitely think something supernaturally was happening what about you what what is your ultimate theory about what was happening in this movie oh my theory just about what happened i agree with you i think there is a witch. I think it definitely ties back into Rustin Parra, the serial killer guy. I think that he was marked by this witch, possessed or something, and he was carrying out these murders for her. I think the exact same thing happened with Josh. I think that's why he was marked specifically. That's why there was all the like slime or whatever on his stuff and why he disappeared first. And I think she was doing the same thing. She had possessed him He's now carrying out these murders. When they get to the house, he's the one that ends up killing them physically. So I think 
the witch does exist, and I think Josh did kill them, but not as a willing participant. Oh, yeah, I like that. I definitely buy into that. I think that makes the most sense if we are going to go with a supernatural element and not with, like, Josh and Mike were just murderers trying to kill Heather and it was all a big trick. Yeah, I like your theory a lot. I think that completely tracks. I guess I will give it credit. I like how open the movie is for interpretation that I can just decide that this is what happens and make the movie scarier for myself. Yeah, and I don't honestly think they were trying to make anything like super complicated. I think they were just trying to make a creepy urban legend movie where maybe in the end the urban legend is real. I agree. It's definitely real. We can never go to Maryland. Too scary. I guess we can uh, go ahead and talk about our our assignment, our weekly consumption for the next podcast. I'm scared. What is it? What are you going to do to me? After we watched Blair Witch, uh, Riley was like, I was not scared. We need to do something scary. And my only stipulation was that Riley did not want to watch Hereditary. And I made a joke about The Exorcist, but we're not watching The Exorcist. Don't scare me like that. Um, but we are going to watch something that I that I think will scare you. Scare me how bad? Maybe very bad. I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> I changed my mind. This might be a we might need to watch it together kind of movie. And you might need to watch it during the day. But it's also one of those things that I really like this movie, but I, because I was so afraid of it, I haven't watched it a lot. I'm so nervous. I don't like all of the anticipation. What are we watching? So we are going to watch 2002's American version of The Ring. (sighs) Okay. You built it up so bad. Are you less scared now? I think I can do it. I think there are um, a couple visuals in there that are going to freak you out, but also there are some CG visuals that I think because they look CG might not freak you out, but we'll see. I know that even when they did like the parody of the little girl in like Scary Movie 2, I think, even that freaked me out. I think this movie will scare you. Okay, so this came out in 2002, so we would have been, what, uh, 11? Oh my god, I must have saw this in like six fucking grade. <laughs> I was so young. Yeah, I was about to say, I didn't realize it was this old of a movie, but you would have seen it when it came out. Is that why you were afraid of it? Because you were 11? I think so, and I think also the concept of horror movies do this thing. It's like slasher films where like the killer kind of like escapes at the end, so even though you know it's not real, you're kind of in your brain thinking like but what if in the ring i mean just the whole concept behind it we can go right into this what do you what do you know about this movie i'm pretty sure i know the entire plot of it because when we were kids i think you just told me it one day we were just doing something and you're like this is the whole plot of the ring i was like uh, okay oh my gosh when um american horror story freak show came out riley was way too freaked out by twisty the clown in it to watch it so i just recapped every episode for riley i forgot that you would call me like every day after it came on and just recap the entire thing let me tell you about this week episode of American Horror Story. I really liked your recaps. What do you know about this movie? Go go through it for me. I know there's a little girl. What's her name? Like Sam- Samara? I have the picture of Samara on my screen. I'm just gonna turn it off and get like the chills. I'm surprised I got her name right after all that time. Okay, so there's a little girl, Samara. The ring is like, something happens. Someone puts her in a well for some reason. And that's what the ring is. It's like her looking up and seeing the like rim of sunlight that's getting in. I think it's the movie to where there's the videotape and if you watch it she calls you and she's like you have seven days and you have to pass the videotape along to someone or else she'll kill you after seven days she like comes out of your tv that might be everything i know 
not going to tell you what's right or what's wrong, but you do have a pretty good handle on the movie. But I think you are right. I probably told you all about it because this movie scared me and I also really liked it. So Yeah, I remember you just sitting down and telling me the whole plot of the movie. I think just the concept of the whole like seven days, like after you see the videotape thing, is a big factor in why it's so scary because you get done with the movie and then you're like, well, I got six days. That's annoying too. It's like, hey, I'm going to give you this tape to watch. Please watch it within these seven days and you have no control over like whether or not they do like there there are shows that you've been asking me to watch for years and i've never done it if you gave me this videotape it would sit there for years we'd both be dead you should watch taskmaster i did watch the very first one where they ate all the watermelon you need to watch more it's very funny yeah i did really like it i just didn't like that i had to watch it on my phone I guess I could pull it up on YouTube on my TV. Yeah. Have you watched Fleabag? No, I still need to. Okay, I watched Taskmaster. You watch Fleabag. All right, listeners, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you want to hear more from us, you can do that over at Twitter and Instagram. We are at Pod, or you can visit us over on Facebook. We are at Podcast. Um, If there is a favorite horror movie that you have or something that you would like us to view, go ahead and tweet that at us and give it your very own horror-struck rating for it. Alright, horror fans. Until next time, remember, stay spooky. Bye. Bye!